Section 33 of The Wars of the Roses by Robert Balmain Mowat. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Conclusion The Accession of Henry VII. When Edward IV had finally re established himself by the Battle of Tewkesbury, Jasper Tudor, who had been Earl of Pembroke before his attainder, took his nephew, Henry Tudor, the fourteen-year-old Earl of Richmond, away with him by sea, from Pembrokeshire to safekeeping in France. Stress of wind compelled them to land, not in the domains of King Louis XI, but in those of Francis II, the last Duke of Brittany. Here Henry lived and grew up to manhood, waiting for an opportunity to make himself King of England. Henry Tudor, owing to the extinction of all the males of the House of Lancaster, was now the heir of John of Gaunt. His mother was the Lady Margaret Beaufort, only child of John Beaufort, Duke of Somerset, grandson of John of Gaunt and Catherine Swinford. The name of Tudor came from his father, Edmund Tudor, Earl of Richmond, who was the son of Sir Owen Tudor, a Welsh knight of an old family, and Queen Catherine, widow of Henry V and mother of Henry VI. Edmund, Earl of Richmond, had died toward the end of 1456, about two months before the birth of his son, on January 28, 1457. Henry, who was thus born Earl of Richmond, was brought up by his uncle Jasper, the Earl of Pembroke. The Tudors followed the House of Lancaster and rendered energetic, though ineffective, service on the Welsh march and in the interior of Wales. The founder of the house, old Owen Tudor, was executed by the Yorkists at Hereford after the Battle of Mortimer's Cross in 1461. Young Henry was among the garrison which surrendered at Harlech after seven years' siege in 1468. He was taken up to London and was put under the guardianship of the new Earl of Pembroke, William Herbert. During the brief restoration of Henry VI, in 1470 and 71, Henry, now fourteen years of age, was restored to the care of his uncle, Jasper Tudor, who, after the ruin of the Lancastrian cause, carried him safely, as has been already noticed, to Brittany. Thither, after the death of the last prince of the direct male line of Lancaster, came the remnants of the party, the strong spirits who would not or could not go back and make their peace with the Yorkists. The Duke of Brittany, remembering the old alliance of his house with that of Lancaster, protected Henry and lent him money for any enterprise. In England he had friends like John Morton, Bishop of Ely, who kept him primed with information. Although occasionally threatened with capture, owing to the diplomatic pressure of Edward IV or Richard III, he escaped his enemies, and so was able to seize the critical moment for a return to his native land. Henry had watched the declining fortunes of the House of York after the death of Edward IV. He had heard of the murder of the boy king, Edward V, and of the young Prince Richard. He noted the rise of Richard III to power, the muttering among the nobles, and the apathy of the people. In October 1483, he planned to join the Duke of Buckingham, who was rising in rebellion in his favor in the south of England. The rising was a failure, and Henry, who had sailed from Brittany and appeared off Poole Harbor, turned straight back again. 
but by 1485 the time had come. The energy and capacity of King Richard had not made England love him or forget his crimes. Henry got his force ready. The French government under the regent Anne of Beaujeu openly favoured his aims and gave troops. With a mixed English and French force of 2,000 men, he started from Arfleur on August 1, 1485, and sailed direct for Milford Haven, a region where the Tudor family had always great interest. He pushed northwards by Haverford West to Cardigan and Shrewsbury, many Welshmen joining his standard as he went along. At Market Bosworth in Leicestershire, on August 22nd, he met the army of Richard III. The forces were of the usual size during the Wars of the Roses. Henry had about 5,000 men, Richard perhaps somewhat more. The action of Sir William Stanley, who had brought up a strong force from Cheshire and Lancashire, nominally to support King Richard, decided the day in favor of Henry. With the battle, the crown was also won. The country as a whole seemed indifferent to the result, and accepted the new king without further difficulty. Henry VII was wise enough to rule England in the way his immediate predecessors had done, so that the change of dynasty scarcely interrupted the even course of life along which England had now for fifteen years been making her way. End of section 33. Recording by Pamela Nagami, M.D. in Encino, California, December 2019. End of the Wars of the Roses, 1377-1471, by Robert Balmain Mowat.